Hey friend, and welcome to Presence and Purpose. I want you to be seen and heard by the people who need your message and services most, but I know it seems easier said than done because there's a lot of noise online. I'm your host, Natalie Arndt. I built my business back in the beginning of 2018 and quickly learned through trial and error that being yourself isn't a cheesy cliche, but actually the key to building a strong, profitable online brand. I'm on a mission to help you find your people online, build a client-attracting brand, and grow a wildly successful business that's aligned with who you are and God's purpose for your life. It's time to stop looking around at what everyone else is doing and start fully embracing the unique calling and message that's been placed inside of you. Join me in conversations around personal branding, faith, marketing, messaging, and so much more to help you confidently show up for the people you're called to serve. All right. Well, hey, Susan, thank you so much for being here today. I am super, super excited to talk to you. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Yes. So we are going to be talking all about wealth mindset. So before we dive into all the goodness, um, would you tell the audience a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a biblical mindset coach. I'm also um, a licensed therapist. And so I love going into really the brain how the brain works and the brain techniques to change mindset, not just um, techniques and things that cover up beliefs that we have, but really altering at a brain level, those neural pathways that are, that you now have established to beliefs you don't want, right? How do we get rid of those and then establish new neural pathways to the beliefs that we actually want to have and that creates the lasting change for our mindset. So not teaching things that are just going to, you know, cover it up or work for a little while, but really absolute transformation at a cellular level in your brain. Mm-hmm. I, that, that is amazing. And, and every time I hear someone talk about like the neurological pathways, I think of, I want to say it was poverty, riches, and wealth. It was a book that I was reading recently where they uh, describe like the, the neural pathways as like, if you had like a hot metal ball and you rolled it through like cheese or something. And it's like, you know what I mean? Like that mental picture of like, yeah. you're creating this, this pathway in your brain. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. So that, yeah. that is amazing. And um, I think there's like this bad rep that, money mindset work has gotten in terms of I've heard sales coaches um, like bash money mindset as if like it's just fluff because I think there is a lot of fluff that happens in terms of um, essentially just slapping on a band-aid like <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to recite affirmations that you know I am a wealthy woman or you know this stuff that like your brain is just like no, you're not. Nope. I don't believe it. Like it is not <laughs> helping. Um, so you've got a couple things that you're going to dive into. That's going to help women that are in that place, um, to really like actually create lasting change, um, rewire their thoughts, like you said. So the first thing that you've got here is expanding your capacity to receive. So talk about that. Like, how can you, how can you do that? Yeah, absolutely. Because that's what we want to receive. We say we want to receive. (laughs) And then God tries to give us more. And we're like, wait a minute. I don't know if I want all that. (laughs) Right? So it's really the wealth mindset really questions, how good do I believe God is? Mm -hmm. It really dives into who does God say he is? And do we believe that? Mm-hmm. Do we believe that we, that he is as good as he says he is, that he delights in giving us good things, right? Because that, that wealth mindset is more than just money, mm-hmm. right? We, we include money in that, of course, part of being wealthy, but you know, wealth is also about identity, mm-hmm. 
And for that wealth mindset, you know, their identity comes from who they are, not what they have. Mm-hmm. So God is looking at, you know, do you believe that I really delight in giving you these things? Do you believe that I am as good as I say I am? And then I can bless you, right? He blesses us to the degree that we believe he is good. Mm-hmm. Which I have, yeah, I have seen 20, that was 2020 for me, me stepping up (laughs) into that next level of God. I don't know if I yet believe you're that good, but I'm going to choose to move forward in that capacity. Mm -hmm. And that's a big shift for us as well is the choosing, even when we don't believe it, Mm -hmm. when we don't feel it right? Taking the action, choosing to say, God, I'm going to choose today that you want to do this for me. You are that good. And I'm going to take the next step forward in faith that you're going to come through, even though I don't yet believe it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, that was me in 2020. Like, like, I mean, what you just said is hard. Like it's, it's hard to choose to believe that. And even that saying of choose to believe, I remember being a fairly new entrepreneur and hearing people talk like that and being like, like, what, what do you mean? Just choose to believe, like I need money. And you're telling me to just choose to believe, like it just, it sounded so surface level fluffy and I get that, but then actually doing it is, um, it is really challenging and mm-hmm. it it is like, it just requires, you know, I'm thinking back to the times where I was just like in the thick of it and really having to do what you said of like, I am choosing to believe and I am going to speak it over myself and I'm going to say it out loud. And, you know, I am not going to believe the lies of the enemy that I am stuck here and that God's forgotten me or dropped me or whatever. Um, like it is, <laughs> it's like a battle. Like you've got to fight for, um, fight to really, you know, hold on to that truth and speak it over yourself. So, yeah. 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 But it's not even choosing to believe because what happens is as we act in faith, when we take the action, right? Faith Mm -hmm. is a verb. Faith is action. When you take the action, the belief comes. Yeah. Because you're going to see that he is faithful. Mm Mm-hmm. So I don't even say, Lord, I choose to believe. I just say, Lord, I am choosing your word is true. Yeah. This is what you spoke. This is how good you say you are. And I'm going to choose to move forward in your word. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, as you're taking the actions and you start to see things happening, then your belief kind of catches up with it. And you're like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You get the momentum going. Yeah. And I love how you broke it down because that is, I mean, that is exactly it. It's like, you can, like, you'll get stuck if you're like, I'm just going to choose to believe it. And I'm going to sit here and do nothing. It is like you said, perfectly said of, of taking the action and then that belief catches up. And it's, it's knowing that, um, I found this really helpful when, again, when I feel like I'm in the thick of it in a situation where it's just hard and this applies to anything, not just money, but where I'm finding it hard to believe that God's going to come through for me or trusting him. Um, just knowing that like being put in those situations is how your faith grows. And that's how um, the belief, like really solid belief, like, no, I know because God's come through for me this time and this time and this time and this time, I'm not looking at other people's life and seeing like, well, yeah, he did that for them, but you know, I don't see the evidence in my own life. And you can't see that evidence in your own life unless you're put in those situations and you do what you said, right? Take, yeah. Take yeah. That action and faith. Yeah. You're building your own record of evidence mm-hmm. that God is who he says he is. Right. And that you are who he says you are, mm-hmm. right? That's the identity piece of it is when the two of you come together, that's your unique identity in him. Mm-hmm. that he gives you when the two of you partner together. It's not a separate 
thing. It's very reciprocal. It's a relationship. Like you said, you don't just pray for it and then sit back and wait for something to happen. You participate. You are part of it. He desires your participation Mm -hmm. in your action. And you have to take the steps. Like part of it's his responsibility and part of it's yours. (laughs) But you got to do your part. Right. I feel like so many times I see from entrepreneurs, we, it's easy to sit back and go, well, God, you didn't say, you didn't do what you said you were going to do. And he's going, you didn't do your part of it. Yeah. Right. We sit back and wait for him to do something Lord, I'm, I'm going to have this workshop and I want you to bring me 50 people. Yeah. Well, did you advertise? What, what did you do to get those 50 people? Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not because we have to work for it, but it's because he wants our participation. Mm-hmm. Right. Any, um, any miracle that we see Jesus do, you know, I, I'll challenge somebody on this to send me one <laughs> where Jesus didn't require something of the person. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I'm not going to start going through examples, but I'll just <laughs> just say, you know, I just reiterate that it uh, the faith is action and we have a part in the outcome of what we're blessed with. Yeah. Yeah. There's been so many times where I've had to ha- have that like reality check with myself of like, okay, these are God's responsibilities, right? Like the outcome, the things that I try to control (laughs) and these are my responsibilities and just like, yeah, take a good hard look at, am I sitting here and waiting for the things to happen without, without doing the things that I can do to actually like get the pieces in place so that when God brings the clients or the result that I'm hoping for, like I'm actually ready for it. And an example that I think of is even just like I use Dubsado for client management. There's been times where I've realized that I'm trying to like get ready to, you know, you, you give the example of a workshop. So, um, you know, say I'm going to do a workshop or something. And, you know, of course I'm hoping to book clients from it. And so I'm like doing all this stuff. And then I realize, oh, I haven't even gone in and like set up the contract and invoice, you know, like the stuff like that. Like it just, it sounds so simple, but it, it truly is like there are things like that. And of course, promoting, like showing up, actually talking about what you do. Um, that is like our part of the deal, right? Like holding up our end of the deal. Um, and what you said about, you know, there's there's so many times where we can, look back and feel like, um, God didn't come through. I think it's also really important to like, look at those specific instances and see, you know, what the deal is there, because that's something that, um, that God was working on with me not too long ago in terms of, you know, like actually bringing to mind the specific times where I felt like I was dropped versus just putting this blanket, you know, like, well, I feel like you, there's been times where you didn't come through for me. Right. Like it was kind of like God challenging me of like, when, like, (laughs) tell me when, and we'll go back in your mind and we'll look at it. And was that really true? Right. Because Mm -hmm. then we have hindsight and we can see, well, actually by me not getting that result that I thought I wanted or needed, or that God was going to give me, like, I actually learned a really valuable lesson, or I wouldn't have been able to sustain this if I hadn't gone through that. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking with somebody earlier today about Noah building the ark, (laughs) like how many years that took Mm -hmm. and how, you know, how many times did he doubt God and question and say, God, are you, are you sure? Like, like water is going to come down from the sky. I don't really understand. You know, he didn't like go gather all the animals and have nowhere to put them, Mm. right? He spent years building this boat, preparing the the boat that's going to hold everything. And it's like we were using the analogy of the, you know, our business is the boat. Mm -hmm. You're preparing. You have to be 
prepared for what he wants to bring you instead of saying, well, God, you, you know, you told me I was going to have 20 people and I, I only have two. Well, did you prepare for 20? How many did you prepare for? Right. Right. And it's, it's so easy for us to point the finger at God and, and instead of looking at ourselves and going, well, was, did I really prepare for 20 people? Mm-hmm. Could I have handled that? Mm-hmm. Am I really at that place? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. We kind of got off there, but. <laughs> right. Well, and even as you're saying that, I'm like, well, like capacity. Oh my gosh. So like, yeah. are you already at max capacity? Like, is your life already so full and your schedule so full and you're just all over the place that like all you could handle was two people versus 20? Yeah. Like that just. <laughs> yeah. I could, I could totally go down that. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Because we'll say, we'll say, you know, God, I was believing you for 20. And you didn't bring them. Did you really have room for that many? Right? (laughs) So we've got to expand our capacity. We've got to be prepared to receive more before he's going to give us more. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think we could just spend the whole conversation talking about this one point. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that is number one, number one, expanding your capacity to receive So number two is what's your bigger vision? So talk about that. Yes. I love this so much because it's so easy to get in the weeds, in the details, in the daily, what am I doing today? Mm -hmm. You know, and God says, raise your head, look above. Being wealthy is not about being rich. What's the bigger vision that I've given you? And that wealth mindset of vision is so much more about generational things, right? Legacy, impacts, money, those things that are going to last past your lifetime, right? Because we're told to leave an inheritance for our children's children, mm-hmm. right? It just, it blows my mind that, and this is a side topic, but <laughs> that people will say, you know, being wealthy is bad when we're Mm -hmm. told to leave an inheritance. Yeah. Right. And we're told to give out of our overflow. Mm -hmm. Well, how do you do that if you don't have it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So really that, um, the bigger wealth mindset idea there is that wealthy people dream of their legacy. Mm -hmm. They dream of impact, kingdom impact. You know, it's like that woman that's at six figures, that's not complacent there, that says, no, I want more than that, not for the sake of having more, not for the sake of numbers, not for the sake of, you know, I just, so I can buy more things for myself. But that woman who says, I want to go to that next level because then I can give more, I can help more, I can fund ministries charities, nonprofits, right? Establishing Mm -hmm. kingdom things in the earth that are going to outlast us. Mm -hmm. Just that overall expanded, bigger vision. Like it's not about you. Mm -hmm. It's not about the dollar amount. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and I think the irony, I mean, every, every book I've read, every podcast I've listened to conversation I've had about like, wealth and poverty and just kind of this topic, it always strikes me like the irony of there's so many stereotypes that we cast on what it, what we think it means to be wealthy. Um, and, and how they are like, oh, wealthy people are just, you know, focused on money. They just want to buy things when it's really the opposite. Um, and like, I can say that from my experience and, and from, you know, hearing other people talk about this too. It's like when you're in the place of survival, when you are living so like, you know, you have no margin, you're only focused on yourself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you're not thinking Mm -hmm. about anyone else or creating impact. You are seeing people as dollar signs Mm -hmm. because you're just so like, I need to get my needs met. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just so ironic because we think that's how like, you know, and, and, and I don't want to say we think that because uh, 
you know, I don't think that now, but I know I've definitely had those stereotypes um, or subconscious beliefs in the past. And those are always things when I notice things come up, I'm like, nope, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and like really, um, you know, really conscious now about, um, you know, when I drive past that big, giant, beautiful house, like, what am I thinking? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Now I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I would love a house like that. Like, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I can't wait till I get to to live in a house like that versus like, oh, well, (laughs) that must must be nice. nice. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And I know when we've talked about this before, you were like, it sounds like we had like the same same childhood growing up. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, very, very similar. So it's so funny. <laughs> same line comes out of our mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like really, really getting to the root of like, why do you want more money? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What's the motive behind it? Mm-hmm. Are you trying to, you know, make a next sale because you've already bought something that you now need money to pay for? Are you going into debt to have more things? Are you know, even if you, there's ways to use debt and leverage Mm -hmm. debt. I don't at all, you know, we won't talk about the debt conversation. That's a whole nother conversation, but, (laughs) but just saying, you know, like so much of having the capacity to even expand your vision is going to come back, comes back to stewardship. Mm -hmm. Right. So if your motive is I want money to buy things, well, how are you stewarding what God has given you? Mm -hmm. Whether it's the money or the things, right. Or, or the people, right. For those of us who have kids, how are you stewarding what you've been given your time, your resources, your health, any of it, the, the whole, you know, I'd say this so I'm blue in the face. Wealth is so much more than money, you know, but it's, it all comes back to the stewarding of it. If you're mm-hmm. faithful with little, right. You essentially you're expanding your capacity to receive more. If you're showing God, you know, you gave me $5 and I turned it into 500, you know, like the parable of the talents. Are you going to be the guy that doesn't trust that, that his master is good and stick it in a hole in the ground Mm -hmm. (laughs) and do nothing with it? You know, are you going to say, God, I believe you are this good and I'm going to invest this into something for the kingdom. I'm going to sow into people and places and things that give you glory and honor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that goes back to, there's two different things that I want to say and I can't say them at the same time. It goes back to um, the first point that you made about like, you know, what are you believing about God? Mm -hmm. And then it also addresses the fear that I've had it. I've heard so many people talk about like, what if money changes me? Like, what if I do hit six figures in my business? Like I want to, And then what if I become obsessed with stuff? And it's like, okay, you know, that, that scripture is, is great, um, you know, evidence for that in terms of like, if you're faithful with a little bit, you're going to be faithful with a lot because it's, I mean, that's exactly why, you know, people that win the lottery, people that, you know, get a Mm -hmm. big inheritance, they haven't worked for it. Like they're not able to sustain it. So it's like, if you look at the evidence and you address that, that fear head on of like, what if money changes me? It's like, okay, well, let's look at your track record of how are you spending your money right now? If you are going in and divvying, you know, divvying it up into your different accounts and, and following the budget and everything, why are you afraid that you wouldn't do that when you had more, right? Like, it's just, it's just like, like you said, our brain always needs evidence. And I remember the first time that I kind of connected that, um, I don't remember when it was. I feel like it was maybe a year or two ago. Um, but, you know, I, I finally kind of connected the dots of, you know, I'm not bad with money. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be bad with money because I'm being yeah. faithful with what I have right now. So why am I telling myself this? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's just another lie 
of the enemy that he sticks in your head, you know, because, because God's purpose for us is to live abundantly. Mm -hmm. I mean, my, my whole business is founded on John 10, 10, right? And I, and I actually, I went ahead and opened my Bible to it because I wanted to read it at some point. I knew it would come up, (laughs) but I wanted to read it exactly because I use the amplified version Mm, and it's just so much more full. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it says the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came, this is Jesus talking. I came that they may have and enjoy life, have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Mm -hmm. So he tells you right there what Satan has come to do and what Jesus has come to do, Mm -hmm. right? So Satan is always right there telling us you shouldn't have those things. And and Jesus comes right behind and says, but that's what I came to give you. Mm -hmm. You know, he came to give us that abundant life. And the devil knows that. And so he uses that against us and says, no, you, you shouldn't be successful. You shouldn't want to have success or money or wealth or any of that. You know, he tries to stomp us down to nothing and keep us playing small because he knows, he knows our power sometimes mm-hmm. better than we do. Yeah. And we don't operate in it. As long as he keeps us playing small, we're not operating in the power that we have. And we're not living the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. Mm -hmm. And so he tells us, fear success. Yeah. Fear it. It's a bad thing. You shouldn't want it and you can't have it. And it's going to mess you up. If you ever get it, you're not going to know how to handle it. Right. He gives you all the stuff that goes with it. And I, that's something that I don't believe is addressed enough. Um, In the entrepreneurial space, we talk a lot about uh, fear of failure. Yeah. (laughs) But but fear of success, I think is an even bigger thing Mm -hmm. that more women struggle with because once the fear of failure part, at least for me was like at the very beginning and it lasted for like a split second, it felt like. <laughs> yeah. And then I was over that hump and I'm like, oh, but wait. Now, if I'm actually starting to be successful, I have to be visible. And that brings a whole nother level of stuff up. <laughs> yeah. Right? And you start questioning more about yourself. And who are you? And who am I portraying myself to be? And like... Am I really that person, right? Mm-hmm. The success level brings a whole new, if you're not grounded, again, it goes back to identity. Mm-hmm. If you're not grounded in who God says you are and you're looking to other people, then you're looking at all the numbers to see whether or not you're successful, whether that's your bank account numbers or that's your social media numbers, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? But we're looking to external things to tell us whether or not we're successful and whether or not we're doing okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. God God says, no, I am your source and your identity is in me. So I, my personal belief is that that fear of success part of it is so much bigger than fear of failure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's funny because when you said that, I was thinking back to like when I was just starting my business and I'm like, I feel like now that I look back, I was just scared of success all along. Like, yeah, (laughs) like it, it, it took me a good, at least a year. Again, I don't remember when it clicks, but I can remember the moment where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm scared of success. Like, (laughs) that's the thing I'm scared of Um, because, yeah, it's like, well, fear of fear of quote unquote failure is, you know, like not changing your situation. Like, I'm I'm scared that I don't get any clients. It's like, well, you don't have any clients right now. So (laughs) actually what you're scared of is getting clients because, you know, like you're you're afraid that you won't be able to maintain that, that you won't be able to support them. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you know, what you said about, um, 
John 10, 10 and, you know, living life abundantly, like Jesus came to give us an abundant life. We're supposed to enjoy life. So I can't help but think of the messages that we pick up on in church about abundance. And, you know, it might actually be people actually telling you like to your face, like that doesn't, that doesn't mean money. Right. And I'm like, like, that's when I hear John 10, 10. And I think about like what I grew up believing and thinking it was, well, God's not talking, you know, Jesus isn't talking about money necessarily. Like, and that was always like the, like, yes, we're supposed to live life abundantly, but it's not always in the form of money. And it's just the reality of like, but it includes money. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like this, like, almost like this clause that the American church culture has tried to add in of does not include money or does not guarantee money, you know, or whatever it is. And it, it just gets, um, into the territory of like warning you about like health, wealth, and prosperity. And I'm like, well, Mm -hmm. but that's what Jesus came to give us. Right. (laughs) Like, and it's just, um, it's just so backwards and so twisted. And it makes me sad, honestly, to see people that, um, that are putting that clause in there. Like, adding to, yeah. like, it doesn't say that it does not say that it does not include money. Like that <laughs> is included in abundance. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I'll tell you, I remember very early in my business, I actually had, um, I was doing, you know, multiple, discovery calls, clarity calls, whatever you want to call them, you know, Mm -hmm. potential client calls with people every week. And I was just blown away by the number of women that told me, well, you're a Christian. You shouldn't be charging for your services. Mm -hmm. I just, I thought my head was going to (laughs) explode. I was like, are you like, okay, so at, at what point um, did Christians have to stop paying bills because <laughs> I need money to live? Like, I don't know what, you know, and it's not that mindset. Really, it, it wouldn't matter what the price would have been. Mm-hmm. That mindset is not going to allow you to sow into kingdom investments. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not. You know, and that's one of the things about the church really teaching it's not okay to have money. Well, how are all those church functions funded? Yeah. Right? Where does that money come from? How do you stand up there on the pulpit and ask people for offerings if we're not supposed to have money? Like, mm-hmm. the, what, what would you like us to give you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it doesn't make sense in any way. Like, everything takes money to function. Mm-hmm. The point of it is that money is not your source. Yeah. It's a resource. God is always the source. And as long as you're keeping God as the source, then you can have all the money in the world. And it's not going to affect you. Mm -hmm. It's not going to come between you and God. It's not going to mess up your relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That was a huge shift for me of really taking a good like heart check, you know, look at myself Mm -hmm. and being like, okay, but am I really believing that God is my source? Mm -hmm. And it, you know, like there, there's been many times where I've had to kind of look back at that. Um, you know, I, I think of me like, you know, trying something new in my business and being like, okay, great. Like I'm getting momentum. This is awesome. Like I'll take it from here, God. And I'm like, nope, nope, nope. Like God is still my source. Um, you know, and it's not, um, it's not my skills. It's not the funnel that I have set up. Right. Like it's, it's, (laughs) it's God is my source. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a huge, that's a huge, um, a huge thing to really like take a look at um because even even though that he asked for our participation we are still not the source you know like Mm -hmm. you were saying oh I'll take it from here well (laughs) 
good luck. <laughs> yeah. You're not the source of your business, right? Yeah. Like even in knowing that you're doing things within your business, the outcome is still not up to you. Mm-hmm. Right. As, as we're keeping him as the source, he'll ask for our participation, but the out, the results are not dependent on us, mm-hmm. which I think is hard for people to make that distinction sometimes. And they'll look at, well, I did X, Y, Z and I got these clients, Yeah, you know, instead of going back and saying, God, thank you for sending me those clients and thank you for the opportunity of allowing me to participate in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that because that kind of goes back to what you were saying before about stewarding. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, it goes back to everything that you said, like yeah. what we believe about. <laughs> it's all connected. Um, yeah. But like looking at stewarding and being like, you know, putting conditions on yourself and being like, but I didn't steward my money well enough. Or I didn't show up, I've told myself this, I didn't show up fully, like I didn't show up as good as I could, right? Like, and then like trying to put conditions on yourself. um, And I don't know if that's even making sense, but I've definitely noticed myself do that where it's like, um, it it goes back to like, do I believe that God is legalistic about it? No, Mm. he wants me to show up. And to give it my best and to work on stewarding my money, work on that budget, right? Like I didn't used to have a budget. I, I definitely do now. <laughs> I've had a budget for a while. But I mean, like there was definitely times in when I started my business, I didn't have a budget. Like, and and I think I not I think I know that for a long time I was kind of um unaware of how I was like putting, like I said, like restrictions or um, just being really legalistic about that. Like, nope, I'm, I'm still not good enough. So it's still, you know, and it, it all went back to, well, I don't believe that God is my heavenly father who wants to give me good gifts and he's not grading me. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That is huge. I actually have an entire (laughs) module in my program about just that. Mm. Um, the three realms that we can operate in spirit, soul, and body and how the legalism is operating out of the soul, how that, because I used to do that too. Well, I didn't give 10% this week. So then I wouldn't expect God to give me back, you know, a certain amount, whatever it was, I thought it had to weigh in balance. Right. Right. And I thought, well, I didn't do enough. So he's not going to come through as big. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, yeah, it goes back to that. How good do you believe he is? Right. Because we can operate within his principles and he'll bless it. But that's soul operation. When you are operating in spirit, he gave us those principles. They're good principles. And I'm not saying that they're, they're bad or don't use them. Right. They're there to be used. But but there is no condition on God. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're doing things out of your spirit, the outcome is not dependent on 10% or whatever, you know, whatever you put into it. Yeah. Right. It's the outcome is on him, period. The amount that he wants to give. So, yeah, I have a whole section where I cover (laughs) just that topic because that's a huge shift for so many that operate very legalistically, very Old Testament under the old covenant Mm -hmm. of I have to follow these rules and I have to be this good and I have to pray this many times and I have to, you know, um, maybe step on some toes here, but I have to dress a certain way or I have to do certain things to earn God's love. Mm -hmm. And he says, no, I am this good and I love you, period. Mm -hmm. There's no condition on that. Nothing you do changes my love for you or my goodness because it's my character. It's the very nature of who I am. It is not dependent on you in any way. 
Right. And we get so wrapped up in that thinking his love is dependent on what we do. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a lie that we've taken in. It is. And it's such a sneaky lie. Like it just, Mm. it creeps in in areas where we don't even know it's there. And then it's like, oh my gosh, I am trying to perform. I am trying to earn God's provision or earn God's blessing. Like, and it's just, it, yeah, it's, it's so, um, so sneaky. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we've gone through the first two points um, of expanding your capacity to receive, looking at basically your motive um, for wanting more money, looking at the bigger vision. Um, So let's talk about this last point that you've got here of the importance of reprogramming your brain or your thoughts. Yeah. So not just like the first step is, of course, you want to figure out what are those beliefs that you have mm-hmm. that are um, keeping you complacent, mm-hmm. right? But so many people stop right there mm-hmm. because it's hard work to dig into <laughs> changing your thoughts. Oh, yeah. It's ugly cry work. <laughs> Like, oh man, absolutely, absolutely. And that's what I, I tell people <laughs> that I work with. You you're gonna cry with me. Like it's yeah, just just it's expect happen. it <laughs> to happen. <laughs> Everybody cries with me. I'm going yeah. to to sit with it. But um <laughs> because it's really hard work and so many, you know, we'll we'll go, okay, well, I think it's fear of success. Um God, I'm going to trust you to just take care of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and don't go any further. Yeah. Or we'll pray, you know, this blanket prayer, Lord, heal my mind, change my mindset, <laughs> and then not do anything. Mm-hmm. But again, it comes through action. There are steps for us to take. So I've developed, of course, with God has shown me this, um, how to do this. Um, I call it the multiplier method and it, there are exact steps that you go through of how you prune away those, um, those limiting beliefs, those neural pathways to the beliefs that you don't want. And yes, this is based in science. I didn't just make all this stuff up, but, (laughs) um, so it's science based, but then it's added, the power that's in the word of God, Mm -hmm. because once you prune those away that you you're going to replace them and create new neuro pathways through the word of God. Mm -hmm. Right. And so in the secular world, they'll say, well, what do you want to believe instead? We'll replace it with what you want to believe instead. Right. Right. Um, But I'm like, no, 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 this is not what about you. You know, it's not about what you want. (laughs) What does the word of God say? What does he say is true about this situation, about this thought that you're having, about this lie that you're believing? What is the truth? Mm -hmm. And then I'll take them through the steps of how to actually do that, how to replace it. Um, And it's so much deeper work than affirmations. And I'm not at all hating on affirmations. I believe there's a place for that and they have a function for sure. Um, And they are incorporated into what I do, but just doing affirmations alone, you're just covering up. It's like, this is a gross analogy, but this is what I think of. (laughs) Is when my my grandmother used to have this spray potpourri in the bathroom. Do you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) okay but it didn't actually do anything yeah it just mixed smells yeah you know it made it worse it was so bad I love that analogy (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) but that's what I think of or like you know if you're country like me we say putting lipstick on a pig right (laughs) the affirmation is just covering yeah it's not going to remove what's there. It's not going to root out what needs to come out. It's just trying to cover up what you believe. And so because the lie is still there, it has every chance to come back to life. Mm-hmm. 
Right, so when we address it neurologically on that brain-based level of actually pruning away, destroying, completely eliminating the lie, the belief you don't wanna have, and then replacing it with truth, right? The lie's not there to come back anymore. Mm-hmm. And the truth is rooted in your mind, right? Mm-hmm. Renewing the mind, taking thoughts captive, that biblical part of it. We're putting in the word of God into your subconscious. So you're operating out of those beliefs, mm-hmm. right? Out of God's truth instead of operating in lies. So right. it's, it's so much deeper than just the cover up. <laughs> right. Well, and it's like, I don't, I feel like I'm not a creative. Like I wouldn't be able to come up with, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, what do I want to believe instead? Because our, like the beliefs, the, the subconscious beliefs that we're holding feel so real. So yes. to be able to like, you know, to have to do that in my own strength, like without God's word, be like, okay, well, let's see, what's the truth here? I would come up with some twisted stuff. Like, like it would not, that, that would not work out well for me. Um, so yeah, it's just like, like you said, it is so powerful because you're going in and you're digging up the lies and you're confronting them, but then you're replacing where that lie used to be with God's truth from his word. Um, Yeah, that is so powerful. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to real quick recap the the three points that you shared because um, there was so much goodness in this conversation. And, and I also want to say, too, that, you know, as anyone's listening, like, first of all, I hope you were taking notes to begin with, but, like, if you heard at any point, like in the conversation, things that we said that stood out to you of like, oh, that like hit a nerve, (laughs) like those are great to write down and like help you get started with this process that Susan is sharing. Because um, I know I often have trouble really digging into like what I think about things. And it's often helpful to hear like other people say things and just pay attention to kind of you know, what hits a nerve with me, what doesn't land right, what makes me feel defensive. Um, Yeah, so the three things that um, Susan shared is expanding your capacity to believe, looking at your bigger vision, um, and looking at your motive for wanting more money, and then why you need to reprogram your brain, right, and how to do that um, instead of just spraying the potpourri spray. (laughs) We don't want to do that. Oh, I love it. Well, like I said, there were so many amazing things that you shared in this conversation. If there was like one thing that you wanted the listeners to really take away from this conversation, what would that be? That we're here to live abundantly. Mm -hmm. Like the end period. There, there, (laughs) There is no excuse for playing small. Mm-hmm. There just isn't. I mean, you have the, I view the Bible as a love letter from God to us. That has transformed how I read the Bible. Mm-hmm. Right? And there is literally, he has given us everything in his word that we need to access the things he's already given us Mm -hmm. you know so many live in such a scarcity mindset thinking that they are in lack Mm -hmm. I have to stay small because I don't have xyz whatever Mm -hmm. and it's all lies like there's no reason you can't play big have that bigger vision allow yourself to dream You know, knowing that God desires to give you those dreams because he is the one that gave them to you. Yeah, that was a huge breakthrough for me also. Yeah. Realizing that like, oh my gosh, these dreams are from God. Like, yes, (laughs) I was just like, (laughs) (laughs) so stop telling yourself it's not okay to have them. It's not Mm -hmm. okay to have these bigger these bigger dreams and bigger visions for your life and beyond 
your life, what you want to leave behind when you're gone. That's what God wants for us. That's what he wants for you. Jesus came to give us life to the full till it overflows. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to challenge you right now and say, if you are not living that life, then you're in disobedience and you're not honoring him and you're not representing him well. And you're, limiting your, <laughs> and you're limiting yourself. You're yeah. keeping yourself from joy and peace and contentment. And right, what are all the fruits of the spirit? Mm-hmm. If you don't have those, check yourself. Like that's, <laughs> just put that out there. That's what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> you're keeping yourself from living that abundant life by playing small. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that was so good, Susan. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was an absolutely amazing conversation. Um, If the listeners want to connect with you online, where can they find you? Yeah. So um, my personal page is just Susan Chupp, C-H-U-P-P. And I have a group called Single and Thriving Mindset for Christian Women Entrepreneurs. Um, And I really feel that I've been called to work specifically with single women. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you want in the group and you're married, it's totally okay. I'll let you in. (laughs) I just, um, that's a a burden that the Lord has given me for, for single women, because I know, I know the, the lasting effects of divorce Mm -hmm. and I want to give those single women things that I didn't have when I was single that could have helped me to choose more wisely, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, that could have helped me to make better decisions. So, you know, I didn't get divorced and go through that and my parents are divorced. So I've been on all sides of it and it's just ugly. So you know, that's, that's my heart for single women is helping you really, um, work on the mindset and deepening your relationship with Christ to the point that you allow Jesus to be your husband. And then, you know, past that, if you get an earthly husband, that's just a bonus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I love your heart for that. And I've, I've also been on both sides of it. So yeah. I'm, I'm with you there and, and I needed you in my life many years ago. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you again, Susan. This was, this was seriously an amazing conversation. I know it's going to bless, um, so many women. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening. If you've loved this episode, head on over to iTunes and leave a review. It means the world to me, but more importantly, it helps more women find and benefit from this show. And if you're not already plugged into the Presence and Purpose Facebook group, come join us. I want you to get plugged into the community and get the support you need because we're not meant to do this whole business thing alone. Until next time.